Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, uh, don't, how don't you do it. Don't. How you doing? I'm surviving. You're surviving? Yeah. Are, are you in mourning? I'm past it. You're past it? Yeah. I was past it once they won the semifinal. I knew what was going to happen Monday. Villanova is is so good. So for our listeners uh, who aren't aware of Jeff's Michigan fandom, he's an alum who tweets at other Michigan alums. Uh, that's his fandom. And uh, it was a fun run for you. You mean tweets at other Michigan alum? You tweeted at Rich Eisen for a location to watch the game on Saturday night. Glenn Rice tweeted back to me. I know. Yeah, I'm saying so. you you tweet at other Michigan alum. We, we love our Maybe school. in the meantime, you should try and get Glenn Rice as a guest if you're tweeting at him so much. <laughs> I mean, come on. Get on this, Jeff. Um, all right. Ryan's behind the glass. Ryan, um, have you recovered from the game? Or are you excited? You do the score updates. Uh, clearly an integral part of the team winning. They couldn't have done it without you. Um Obviously, obviously, they couldn't have done anything last night without without that stellar analysis that I gave both pregame and postgame. And Dante DiVincenzo. Did, did you have a prediction for the score before the game? I did not. I was very nervous actually going into the game, but I did say Spellman was going to be the X factor on defense and DiVincenzo on offense. And I'm literally still waiting for them to say what is wrong with Phil Booth. So uh, he did not have uh, the night you were the looking night. For. He hasn't had two months worth of. Nights. Since he, he came back from the injury. What's, yeah. what's the problem? They won. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> All right. I, I just want to know what's wrong with him. That's it. Like, I, I think, obviously, there's something wrong with his shot. Like, I don't know if he's got, like, a a, a bad shoulder, a bad ankle. He's, it didn't he's got seem something. to matter in this tournament no. because they shot the lights out. Look, whatever bad shoulder he has did not run into any other player and break their face. So, look, okay. You're good. They so won. Look, so let's go. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to get there, too. Um, let's go back. Michigan's got nothing to be ashamed of, okay? No. Um, played a very good tournament. Nobody thought that they would come close to where they were in the Final Four. Four uh, minutes into the second half, I must have received three or four texts from different people who said, if I told you at the beginning of the season that they'd they be would the win the Big Ten Championship and make it past the second round of the NCAA tournament, you would have said we were crazy. And it's true. I mean, look. Once you get, and then I had another person text me, it doesn't matter how far they went. Now that they're here, they should You want to win. Right. Uh, okay. Um, they played, you know, Loyola kept it in the in the ballpark for a while, yep. but but Michigan pulled away. The the Nova-Kansas game on Saturday night, Lennox, that was not even close. It, it, was, <laughs> it, it was fun. I mean. They weren't on the same basketball court. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Kansas team showed up. It, it just it didn't look right. Like right from the get go, I was like, uh, nope. Didn't matter what Kansas team showed up. It, doesn't it, matter who had the ball either. I mean, they could be at half court and they were just chucking up threes. It was wild. Jeff, have you seen a Can shooting I, performance like Nova had on Saturday night? No. I, I mean no. that that was. Uh, I mean they they were just shooting lights out, and they and they they did it last night against a very good defense. They won their six tournament games by a combined 106 points or 17.6 points a game. Best ever. I, I mean, it's just when you when you think about it, it, what you saw in this tournament, their depth was spectacular. I mean, Brunson didn't have a good game. He had foul trouble. No, no drop off at all. I mean, they started the game kind of cold, which was interesting. They were so hot 
in in the final four game against Kansas that when they started cold, you wondered like like you had to think that like a Michigan fan, they're missing these shots and you guys are right. playing well and you're like, Well, maybe this is our night. Yeah, but and you, then all but, of a sudden they just, just stomped your heart out. Hey, by the way, not to complain about much in this game because they should have won no matter what, but does Brunson deserve an acting award or what? <laughs> that, that, Athletics' head popped up from behind that, the glass. That kid, he doesn't get touched, and all of a sudden his head goes flying back. Did it matter? No, that's that's my point. <laughs> Not at all. But but he definitely has a, a did second you, career. Did you know that Villanova was actually the first sports major sports team in Philadelphia favored in a championship game or series since the Flyers in 1997? It's been a long time since a Philadelphia team was mm-hmm. favored in a championship game. They weren't favored two years ago. Uh, no, North Carolina was the favorite. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so you know they they made history. In, in fact, they're the first champ to win all its tourney games by double figures since North Carolina in 2009. By the way, all I kept thinking last night because because I know that you like to you like to come in here and and say this is the first time this happened and the first time this happened. You hate a, statistics. No, no, but here's here's my point: is somebody actually tweeted last night? I don't know who it was. Was this is the first time that Villanova? And the Eagles won championships in the same season. Yeah, and it was. It was it, and so the they've thing, only won one Super Bowl. And so the thing is, then you get like the Nova people and the Philadelphia people who debate about whether Nova is in Philly and Philly is Nova. And I try and stay out of that that debate. And uh, you know, you say last night we're obviously you know taping the show right after, so um, you know we're we're coming off the high of the game or, or Jeff no, no, the no, low no, of no, the no, game. No. <laughs> Lennox is coming off of no sleep. Didn't but. they say that was the first time, a, what did they say, an NFL and a college, and a college. Yeah, ever won from the same city? Yes, that's and that, that was what the quote was yeah, about, that's wild. about Nova and the Eagles. So it wasn't about the Eagles winning no, the no, Super no, Bowl. No, 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 no. The one that I saw was not a, was not as detailed as what well, you Clearly, had. you're reading the wrong stuff then. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to help you with that. And, and, by, and by the way, Sister Jean, bye-bye. Did you feel bad when she left the game early on Saturday night? No. Look, uh, I, I'm going to get all the octogenarians. Seriously, all, all you're upset. just like going but, after but he, it. But here's my problem. Uh, certain people on, on ESPN this week have been saying that Sister Jean w- is the best story in the NCAA tournament in decades. Sister Jean was monetized like nobody I've seen. I know. Seen she li- she literally history. sold her, like, gave her likeness to the school. <laughs> there's bobbleheads. There's but, T-shirts. Can, but, <laughs> but instead of that, why don't people look at the kids that were on the basketball team? I think team? you're just jealous that Jalen Rose's grandmother didn't get more attention. I really think that that's no, what it comes down I, to. I have a problem with the fact that people say that that she's the story. Granted, it was cute having her on the sideline. The players were the ones that See, accomplished I, something amazing. I actually thought it was rather respectable when the Michigan player went over and shook her hand. I, it was nice. Like I thought. That, but, I don't understand why do you have to, not a story. What is? Why are you so cold-hearted that you have to complain about a cold-hearted? Nice story? No. Why aren't the players the story? They Why were the story. No, they weren't. No, nobody did anything on, on the players of Loyola Chicago. Well. Name, name one. Well, I didn't watch that closely. See, there you go. Story. But you know Sister Jean. Well, of course I know it's Sister right. Jean. It's not right. Give the kids the credit they deserve. Ryan, That's can, all I'm Ryan, saying. Ryan, can we get the number for the NCAA so Jeff can register a complaint? Yeah, I'm, I'm right on top of that. You realize that after UMBC meet Virginia, they didn't even have their, what are they, the... Retrievers. Retrievers. It wasn't even registered right. or trademarked or anything. 
Well, and then people didn't have like the right dog. Yeah, they had the wrong. It wasn't a golden retriever. It's a Chesapeake Bay retriever. They had to open the uh, bookstore the next day because normally it's closed on the weekends just to sell all the stuff. Everything's back ordered there too. What did you guys think of the tournament this year? And Jeff, by the way, if I can just lodge a complaint. So I saw the T-shirts, and it has nothing to do with the time of the game, by the way. Right. Because I'm going to get to that in a sec. I saw the T-shirts of what they would look like if both teams won before the game. Yeah. The fact that they don't put the Michigan title that the Fab Five won Where? on the T-shirt, they try and wipe that away. All right. You, Look, history you, you, you want to go back because the Fab Five never won? No, I mean, not the Fab Five. The, the, <laughs> never mind. The, <laughs> now, now that I'm done sounding dumb. I don't. They, they uh, for for us Michigan people. Yeah. This was the fourth time in a row that they have lost a national championship. Game. How's, how's that feel to you? It hurts. But I was there when they actually did one. That game. So did, if I go back to school for another degree, maybe you were one. also at the game that didn't occur. Yes, I was in 2013. Uh huh. So you. But, but my money is still gone. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's already spent. So, so go back to your T-shirt point. No, I'm going to move on from. No, the no. Point. So I'm what, what was the T-shirt point? I just didn't like the t-shirts. Oh, okay. Moving on. All right. Uh, I, I also didn't like the fact that the game starts at 920. I get it. That makes me seem 917. old. But I, I don't understand how you develop young fans to follow you if you're starting games so late. I, I don't know how you have old fans doing it. Yeah. Because I could tell you, you know, after you, you work for a full day, you get home and you got like a couple hours to kill. And the whole time I'm just sitting there talking to people on the phone going, I don't know if I'm going to make it to tip off. I have the same complaint all the time about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to enjoy the day baseball games that I would see with with my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't enjoy the late starts. I understand ratings and West Coast and there's got to be a better way. If if prime time on the East Coast is eight o'clock, that means that that you could still do it on the West Coast at five o'clock. Yes. There's no reason to start it at 920. I don't you can't tell me that you're going to have higher ratings than if you started at 8 o'clock. I don't understand. It is the latest championship that starts of all the championships. Yeah. I just don't I don't get what the explanation is. Like why do that? And it's also uh, well, they were were they 1 hour or 2 hours behind? What do you mean? Oh, well in San Antonio yeah. too. See, so the other problem that I have with the NCAA tournament is is that they have all these games the first couple of weeks where they insist on having games that start at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And it's not fair to the players, let alone, it's not fair to us because who wants to stay up till 11 o'clock at night to see the tip off? But it's not fair to the players because players have their bodies in routines. So if you start a game at 11 o'clock at night, you're not getting great performances. It doesn't make sense to have it that late. Jay Wright joined uh, Coach K and uh, Roy Williams as the only active coaches with multiple NCAA titles and the 14th coach ever to have more than one. You wonder whether Jay Wright stays at Villanova. Well, I keep hearing all this. You know, people like to sit there and make comments. I don't think he should leave. If I were him, I would never leave. I don't understand how you could possibly have a better job. Jay Wright's been here for what, 16, 17 years now? He, he has developed the best program in college basketball, bar none. He gets great players. They all seem like good kids. And they are he, a program. Could, exactly. They're not, a, They're like, not one and done He doesn't get kids. the one and done. Right. He doesn't. And, 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 you know, Coach K sort of changed his style that now he gets those type of players more. Jay Wright hasn't had those. You, you wonder whether he can 
keep doing this the way that he is. He's got three of the top no, see, 50 players yeah, next but, year. But, but see, th- this is – when you get to that one-and-done equation is I don't know what's going to happen next year or the year after, but uh, but to me, my theory is is that the University of Virginia coach, the Michigan coach, Jay Wright to some extent, the guys that are developing players, the guys that get the ones that are not Mr. Basketball in their state, those are the guys that stay around and are going to play. The one-and-dones, if they change the rule, are just going to jump to the NBA or whatever other alternative they have. So those the people like John Calipari, I don't think he'll survive if, if, if he doesn't have the, all these one-and-done guys. I think it's the guys that develop a program that are going to be successful in the next five to ten years. If you look at the championship game, experience mattered. 70% of the players who started in the title game were in at least their third season of college. Mm-hmm. How is the one-and-done role going to change? Because there's a lot of talk about it right now. Uh, we just saw the number 8-ranked high school player make the decision not to go to Syracuse, to go to the G League. We've talked on this show about the NBA's desire to expand the G League, now, now, to attract so, more players. So let's talk about the the guy from Syracuse. How old is he now? So he, I believe, is 18. Mm-hmm. But then there's... So he's not, he's not eligible for the draft because it has to be that you're a, a sophomore by your age. So not by or, wh- or it's it's based on where people in your peer group would be sophomores. So if if you're 18, you apparently cannot go to the draft. No, and that's the difference between him and Anthony Simons or Simmons, who was the Louisville recruit right. that when everything went down with Patino decided that he'll also turn pro. That was a problem with Louisville. Yeah, you may have talked yeah. about it on the show. He'll be eligible for the draft because he's 19 and a year removed from his initial high school graduation. Right. So my understanding of what happens with the Syracuse player is that he can be drafted or picked. I don't know how they do it with a G League team. However, he can't go up to an NBA team because then he would have to go through the regular draft the next year. So Mark it's confusing. Emmer, the NCAA president, Generally agrees with you. Um, he thinks that there needs to be more I might room have to for, change my <laughs> for individuals who want to pursue professional sports, particularly in basketball. It needs to be the ability for a young person and his family to say, you know what? What I really want to do is just become a professional ball player, and they ought to be provided the opportunity if they don't want to go to college. So there's that. And then he talks about the need to enhance the G League for the NBA or some other option. But then there's Bill Self, who thinks the kids should have the chance to to go into the draft and turn pro, but doesn't want them to go into the G League. He says he believes kids should be able to go out of high school, doesn't believe that they should be able to go to the G League out of high school, though, because putting themselves in a situation in the G League where they're not eligible to be an NBA player, there'll be a percentage of kids that will make the decision, whether it's academic, whatever decisions, that they'll never experience being an NBA basketball player, and then what do they have when that's gone? Blah, blah. blah. Where do you come down on that? Obviously, I don't. I don't agree with Bill Self. So you you don't you think that a player should be able to go to the G League and then try to make their way into professional basketball well, no, through that route? Let Let me rephrase that. I think that you should be able to. And I've changed my opinion drastically in the last few years on this. What made you change your mind? Tell me. Tell me what your opinion is now and Cause, then. Because some kids just don't want to go to school. I, I do I. You see so many athletes who get taken advantage of, and going to college 
not only gives you a chance to still be a kid, it gives you a chance to grow up in a, in a protected setting. And I think that's important. I, I think, you know, there are still people, look at Kevin Garnett. Somehow Kevin Garnett, he didn't go to college. He turned out to be a, a pretty good citizen and a great pro. So it's LeBron, same thing. But for the most part, they get taken advantage of. And, and you learn how to deal with money in college. You learn how to deal with publicity in college. You don't just learn that in the classes. You learn that through the programs. The programs teach these kids these things. And so I think you're, it benefits you for you to go to college. But not everybody wants to. And if you're not willing to sit And in the, all walks of life, not everybody wants to. People go to trade schools all the time to develop a skill set without necessarily getting a four-year college yeah, degree. So, so I, I'm okay with the fact that this is what they want to do. I would prefer they not do it because, let's face it, how many of these people are going to make a living playing basketball? Even, even if there is a G League, there's only going to be so much money. So you can make, I guess, a living, depending on what your living is, but that's not what they think. They all think that they're going to make an NBA team. Is it a cop-out for the NCAA to try to not play pay players by saying that the people who are really good should be able to go? Is it their way of protecting what they have no. by saying, well, the really good players should go if they're really good, and if you want to go to school, you're coming to school to get an education? I hate... Uh, see, I, I don't want to have this whole argument. I mean, I'm willing to, because people don't listen to the whole argument. And the whole argument You're is, shocked to hear that people don't listen to a whole argument about something. I know, but that but see, this is one of those issues that people pick their side beforehand and it really is based on personalities. So which it's side not based on? on what's best for everyone. And the fact of the matter is going for somebody who's now saving for a kid who's in high school to go to college in a couple of years, college is really expensive. I know. I have a kid who's in diapers and I'm saving yeah. for him to I mean, go to college. I mean, I mean, we're talking about, unless you go in-state, over a quarter of a million dollars over the course of four years. Oh, I may need and, to drink after and, the show. And then, and then you hear people say, well, the, the university's taking advantage of them because they're not giving them anything. Well, they get a quarter of a million dollars that my kid's not getting, and they get that experience and it grooms them to possibly have that career in basketball and gives them a backup to it. You have a chance that if, but it's only if you want to take advantage of it. I knew players, there, there was a guy when I was at, at Michigan, his name was Ken Higgins, and he was a great wide receiver for college. And, in, and while he was studying that, he was studying pre-law. I think he went to Harvard afterwards and, and got his law degree. Uh, that's, that's what you want most of the students to do. How many, how many players are on a college football team? Over 100. How many, even on Alabama, Michigan, Florida, pick those schools, how many of those guys have a pro career? Are you of the mindset that they're basically getting compensation now and therefore the payment argument is not one that should no, occur? See, see, that's or, and that's thing. what I'm trying to figure out, you know, the sides. Yeah. Is it that you think they can get paid and get it or where do you no, no, see, come but see that the problem my interpretation of the problem is the word that you used compensation why does this have to boil down to whether or not they're compensated this is the it's not a salary it, it, it this is something else and in trying to qualify it into a job you prefer i called it provided a stipend 
I mean, no, I, I'm asking it's a scholarship. if you're playing, it, it's different. But if you're paying players else. on top of that, it's compensation. You're paying players. But I don't think player, players should be paid. So you, I think you they should get a that, stipend for food, but they do. Look. So you believe that I, what they get is something that's acceptable for what they receive in return. I can only speak for the universities that I attended, mm -hmm. and in particular <laughs> Michigan. They ate well. So when I heard Chris Weber three years after I left complaining about how he can't afford McDonald's while they're selling his number four jersey and what was him, I lived in those dorms. I saw what they ate. They didn't eat what I ate. So, you know, and nowadays they have very specific meal programs and things like that. And they should get a stipend so that they can do the things that other college students do. But if just... The, if you want to say college sports is over, then do it. Because the reality of the situation is two sports pay for an entire sports program at a college. Football and basketball. That's the reality of the situation. Hockey may be able to fund itself these days for those programs that have it. But for the most part, football and basketball fund all the other things as far as sports. Do you want to get rid of it? That's the decision you have to make. People people can't talk about it just in a vacuum. You said you had changed your mind on players going pro or going playing in the G League over mm -hmm. time. Is this a position that you think you'll change your mind on, or or you just think you're set that that's that's the way you that you believe that the sport should should go currently? What do you mean? Well, you said you changed your mind, and you you now are open to the idea of people going pro early and going to the G League rather than going to college as opposed to going to college, would you change your mind on payers, players being paid, do you think? Or do you think that that's just in something... In college like, or yeah. in the G League? No, in, in no. I, th I, you think just think that, that, I think it should just go to the G you League. You just think that once you start paying players, they're not players in college anymore. Yes, and I think that once you open that door, then you'll have unionization of players. Then they'll require minimum wage or some other thing. Then you're going to have to decide who you're playing, and players are going to want it to be paid based on... How good they are! I was just trying yeah. to flesh out your position, so I understand. Yeah, well, that. you're 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 doing a good job, yeah. I think, because 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 people don't understand the slippery slope. I that mean, comes these are with the this. things that aren't often discussed. It's it's easy to say pay the players, mm -hmm. which ones, how much. Well, see that that's the <laughs> well, other I mean, thing people don't there's understand. There's so many, and and it's not something that like we have an hour show, and we're gonna run the break because we got to talk about the start of the Phillies season. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it's something I think we should talk more about because it's a complicated problem that people are looking for an easy solution. And, and I, don't, I don't think vilifying the players or, believe it or not, the NCAA helps the situation. And I think that's what people do when they get to that argument. And it's a, it's a very complex problem that impacts a lot of different areas of a university and life and a community. And well, you have to decide what you're going to do. When we come back uh, from our break, we're going to talk about another real complex problem. That's the start of the Philly season. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 
888-345-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Attention sports fans, the Heart of Sports is excited to be the media partner with the newly formed Athletic Business Alliance for their kickoff event being held on May 8th at Ron Jaworski's Ramblewood Country Club in Mount Laurel. Players from across all sports have been invited to connect with the Alliance's player-to-player network. If you'd like to get involved, sponsorship opportunities include program advertising and tickets. Visit abagamechangers.net or call 856-673-1911. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Okay, Jeff. First, I get a gold star for not talking into your intro. You know, it's bad when we've lowered the bar <laughs> so much that uh, you like deserve to be head. recognized. I'm not allowed to talk during the break anymore. you talk over the comeback. Yeah. Uh, we try to raise the level here and not point those things out. Um, the best thing that happened to the Phillies at, in their opening weekend of games. Oh, I'm, I can't wait is, to see what the best thing is. Is yeah. that they were snowed out in their fourth <laughs> game. Um, Jeff, you pay a lot of attention to baseball. Uh, I know you were very much looking forward to opening day and the start of the series. Mm-hmm. I know you had lots of opinions of Gabe Kapler going in. I am trying not to overreact because I'm good at that. So I'm just going to ask you to tell me. What happened at the start of this season? I don't know. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very confused. I'm concerned. Is that a good word? Um, it it started rough. Uh, it, Aaron, no, well, it to correct it, it didn't start rough. No, Aaron Nola pitched A- well. Aaron Nola pitched five point one innings of great ball through sixty some odd pitches, and for some reason. They pulled him. Now, in fairness, I did look. There were other top-line pitchers that did not go more than six innings. None of them. None of them. Had 68 pitches. Right. They all had higher pitch counts. Correct. But I tweeted out, what are the odds that we see a Phillies pitcher pitch a complete game? And you were the one who responded to me that it was early. Yes. Do you still feel that way? No, because I saw game two and game three. So keep going. So so my concern is is that Gabe seems to be saying that he looks seven to nine games out. Was Pedro Floramon in that uh well, so seven to nine game we, we, pitching rotation? I don't know. You're welcome to go ask him. Uh, I'm guessing the answer is no. Just a hunch, but. I, I'm not a fan of this seven to nine game. This is not Andy Reid mapping out the first 15 plays. I, you know, it's funny you, you say that because I was listening to the radio at first. Yeah. And I completely pictured Gabe Kapler there with like a McDonald's size menu card in front of him making decisions because I couldn't see what was going on. Well, it's not a McDonald's size, but if you notice, the players keep pulling little cards out of their pockets. So, so they don't know where they're supposed to be? No. no. Is See, it like the player with the plays on the wrist? The right. quarterback? The, the, that's what I'm the guessing it is. They didn't, the... they didn't show up close what it was. It could have been a So like the shifts in the – because they're doing a lot of shifting yeah, and yeah, rotating. We'll, we'll, we'll get and... there. But, but so, so here's the problem. One, Nola shouldn't have been taken out early. Two, you, shan't, you should not be using pitchers for a 
one batter at this point in the season. It's being too cute too early because you know that guys are not going to go for a long period of time. And by the way, we all know that Velasquez is not. Oh, we're going gonna to get there. We're back to game right. one first. So, so you have to plan in advance for preserving your pitchers, not for mapping out who's going to play in the seventh game of the season, because then you have the other problem, which is he alienated the all-star on the team, which is Odubel Herrera. So his response when Odubel didn't start opening day was, well, he's got people resting each day, and opening day doesn't matter, and it matters. To, pl- to players, it matters. I think he actually said, good, I want him to play mad. I want him to be mad when he doesn't play. It, I thought he was supposed to be a player's manager. Not, not, uh, um, look, the first time Odubel doesn't run it out, if he wants to literally run out in the field and embarrass him, I'm good with that. But he didn't do anything. He played well in spring training. He played well last year. He deserved to be the starting center fielder. And he's sitting on the bench Upset. I don't think that that doesn't help with the rest of the team. They all seem to like him. Alfaro also didn't start in the, the first, first game. two games. Yes. That really doesn't make any sense to me. Analytics and matchups. Yeah. So here's so, my, my question, my fundamental question about analytics to you. Well, before you get to analytics, don't forget, he set a major league record. He for, for used most 21 pitching pitchers, well, 21, 20, pitching 21 pitching changes in 28 innings. Now we're going to get to the pitching change. Thank that caused, goodness they didn't have a game the next day. We're going to get to the pitching change in the Vinny game yeah. that caused all the problems in a second. But mm-hmm. I have a fundamental analytics question. Mm-hmm. The Phillies are the youngest average roster age in Major League Baseball at 26 years, 334 days old. How can you have that? Can you be a little more specific? That much in the way of statistics? to analytically know in the major leagues the trends yet. Half these players haven't had a cup of coffee in the major leagues. And you're shifting based on what you think happened in the past, not at this level of baseball. So I get the idea of analytics. But at what point are you actually going to give them a little time to show you something to get a trend off of if you're moving people all the time based on numbers that aren't current. My least favorite manager, probably of all time, is Tony La Russa, who thought he was smarter than everybody else. By putting the pitcher in the eighth spot? Because we got that, too. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I, and, and, and by the way, it came back to bite them the other night. So they put somebody in the eighth spot, and they put Crawford in the ninth spot. And there was a guy on first, I believe first and third, in, I think it was in the ninth inning, and the pitcher spot was up. As a, I don't know if it, I don't think it was the ninth inning, so strike that. But it was a spot where the pitcher was coming up instead of Crawford. Why would you put the pitcher? Uh, somebody's got to explain to me what the logic of it is, and don't tell me that the logic is most times the eighth hitter makes out, so you want to have the guy leading off the next inning. Or even if you're going to do that, you've made so many pitching changes, do a double switch so that you can look ahead. If you're planning for seven games ahead, plan for three innings ahead and see that your pitcher is going to end up in the bottom of the night. You can't. We're running out of players. 
I mean, that's what I don't – that was the frustrating thing, and, and you've watched a lot more baseball than me, and, again, it is three games. Right. I'm not going to treat baseball the way I do football. The sky has not Where fallen. everything changes, and now I have no faith mm-hmm. in all these things. Look, he's going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. I saw things this weekend that I've never seen in my 39 years of watching baseball. Here's what Burton – look. I think he can recover from it. I don't think it could get worse, by the way. But I am afraid what, for you to say that. What what burns me though is they have a chance to get a wild card. Maybe I don't know how the Nationals will end up, but they have great pitching. Here's the deal. You have eighteen games against the Marlins and the Braves and the Mets. You don't waste them. Nope. And that's what happened is we wasted them. Do you know how bad it got on Saturday? all of those games were winnable. Well, no. Not the only, first game was winnable. Not only did we lose to the Braves, but yeah. the Braves announcers were destroying oh, well, who cares? Kapler on Saturday night. Uh, that they had never seen what occurred in the third inning, which, Jeff, you could have predicted that Vinny Velasquez wasn't going to see the end of the third inning without— No, the fifth. I didn't, I didn't expect the third, I, and I still wouldn't have taken him out where he took him out because you just didn't have any other pitching. So I'm sure that this was a miscommunication. I'm sure that he had to, I mean, he had to say to somebody, let's get a pitcher warmed up. How did nobody realize that no pitcher was warmed up when they made a pitching change? You can see the bullpen. I mean, it's not that far away. No, you can see the bullpen. There's a phone to the bullpen. There's lots of things, lots of ways. He hadn't taken his jacket off. Well, he had, th- he had thrown some tosses. He had not. He had also the pitched had the other two games. I don't understand the whole maintenance of your pitchers. He, well, here's another problem with that. H- Hobie Milner is a sidearm specialist. Okay, if you're in the third inning, why are you bringing in a sidearm? Get one or two guys out. Why are you not bringing in a long reliever? Why is Drew Hutchinson not the guy that came in? Why do I feel like we're going to ask a lot of these questions all season? You don't know. He can, I mean, he could figure it out. He just hasn't managed before. But he, the, other, the other thing is I was sitting with my, my kid, and, 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 and the most dreadful part of it was he seems to be like the human delay. You know, they have all of these pace of play rules that they've put into effect. Oh, the effect. Phillies are going to destroy that. And and without him ever doing a mound visit, I can't tell you the number of times that he stops at the top of the dugout, puts his hand up to the umpire while he is, somebody's reviewing a replay over and over again. And and I'm like, come on. Tell me about, your, rea- play tell me about your reaction to the shift. The shift? Yeah. Uh, you you know my position on the shift. It's ridiculous. Are you losing your mind watching how he's moving these players around? I every, mean, they do every outfield, player. Well, that's infield. that's what I think's on these cards is that every single one of them it, that that they're moving every single time. And people, every time I say they should ban the shift, their answer is, "Well, how are you going to do that?" I'll tell you how you're going to do it. What do we do in football? You have to be in certain positions before the ball is snapped, right? So until the ball is pitched. You can't leave a certain area. You could put a little line there. I don't care what you do. But the third baseman cannot be playing between first and second. It's that simple. Because it's apparently it, it's not. It it's ridiculous. They they've they're making the game less interesting because 
don't you don't you want to encourage offense? Isn't that what every sport aspires to do is encourage offense? It seems like you have a little less confidence this um, week um, than no, you did last no, no. week. This, this, the shift has nothing to do with Gabe. This has to do with Major League Baseball. Is it not the goal of every sport these days in order to keep and grow your audience to increase offense? I would think so. Okay. What does the shift do? Stops offense. Correct. Ryan Howard is. I'm the good at this example. game. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> it makes no sense to me that Major League Baseball hasn't figured out that it is not increasing interest in the sport by not merely saying to the shortstop in the third baseman, "Go over to there to Look, the left." If this season continues the way it started, they will be discussing the Gabe Kapler role at the winter meetings next year. So while we're on the shift, did you hear what happened with the Twins? No, go ahead. Okay. So the Twins are up, I think, 7 nothing, And it's the eighth or ninth inning. And they decide to deploy the shift on a batter. So the batter said— Oh, that was the bunt. Yeah. There's no no-hitter, by the way. So don't—they don't, can't whine this about that. This is the that. unwritten rules of baseball the, again. The guy bunts because nobody's there, and he gets a hit. And the Brian Dozier and the rest of the Twins are aghast. That he would dare do that. You violated the unwritten rules of baseball. What's the rule? I don't know. What is what is the stupid you, unwritten rule? Don't make me look stupid because I shifted. Because <laughs> here's the deal. From the time I played Little League to the time I coached Little League, the fact was you told kids to basically do two things. Play hard and on every play and play fair. Okay? So if it, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just give up? Am, am I supposed to hit it into the shift because that's what I normally do because that's what you scouted it to be? It, they, the unwritten rules of baseball make no sense to me whatsoever. And by the way, Twins, if he's not supposed to do that with that big a lead, he's just supposed to accept it, why are you employing the shift in the first place with that big a lead? Can we go back to something that was good? What? Scott Kingery played pretty well. He did. He's gonna stick. He's gonna. He's gonna be good. And he's playing all over the place. Well, I think he's. I. I, I told you. Before he's gonna the end up at third. Start, I think he's gonna end up at third. He's gonna end up at third. Yep. Is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's playing all over the place now. I mean, but Franco he had a, was struggling from the outset. He's, you know, he joined Jimmy Rollins as the only Phillies infielder in 30 years to have multiple hits in his major league debut. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, those are. Yeah, well, I mean, look. I, come I on, take a good step. We just I, ripped them I don't for a get, whole I don't segment. get excited about getting two hits in a game other than to say he's not overmatched. I was just trying to add some sunshine to a cloudy segment. And by the by the way. Was it not cool to see like how his parents were reacting? It was very cool. I love I love those things when, you know, look, your family goes on a ride with you, whatever your career is, and, mm-hmm. and here you are, you're like fulfilling your dream, and, and your parents are there to see it. How many days did they sacrifice what they wanted to do so that you could go to practice or, you know, go to the batting cages? I have or, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know <laughs> what it is, and so like the the. Feeling of parents just must be unbelievable yeah, with that. It's, it's 15, 15 years plus of your life that you're just, you know, you're carrying bats around and bags and going to different towns and playing. And, you know, you do it because that's that's what your kid loves to do. But it's 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 cool to see the whole that it's more than just him, that there's a there's a whole universe of people that are happy for him. Well, when uh, was that sappy enough for you? That was sappy enough. Right. We're gonna leave it. So let's get back to the show. We're gonna leave it on that good note. Um, obviously we're we're taping early, so we'll see what the Phillies do in week two when yeah. we and week three by the time we come back, 
and, uh, and let, we'll see let, whether your opinion has yeah, changed well, again. Well, we did forget one thing. Yes. So the ML, Major League Baseball says that they're going to issue an official warning. What does that mean? That was my question to you because <laughs> I don't know what that means. What is an official warning? Warning of what? I mean, was it like they put out a tweet and said you're warned or they sent him a letter? Or? They said they were they were going to issue it. I don't think it's been issued yet. It was bad enough that the, the umpire basically schooled him <laughs> after the game. What he said was that was the rough part. <laughs> the, the umpire yeah. had no patience for yeah. what went on. Well, the other thing is, is the, ump- the, the, the manager for the Braves. He got tossed. Yeah, but seriously, if the umpire says to you, hey, look, I'm going to let him throw pitches because I don't want the guy to get hurt. You would say, okay. Yeah. No, this Braves manager says no, no, no until the point that he gets thrown out of a game. Like, what's the point in that? Yeah, let's let his arm fall off. Yeah. All right, let's uh, hit a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about a tradition unlike any other. Stick with us. Lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Attention sports fans, the Heart of Sports is excited to be the media partner with the newly formed Athletic Business Alliance for their kickoff event being held on May 8th at Ron Jaworski's Ramblewood Country Club in Mount Laurel. Players from across all sports have been invited to connect with the Alliance's player-to-player network. If you'd like to get involved, sponsorship opportunities include program advertising and tickets. Visit abagamechangers.net or call 856-673-1911. Come on, Jeff. You did so well during the first segment. Then you had to ruin it by talking when we come back from the second break. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, who couldn't wait for me to say his name before he started talking again. Are you excited for the Masters this weekend, Jeff? Tiger's back. Good weather. Jim Nance with the soft voice narrating the backdrop. What do you think? I'm okay. (laughs) You're you're like using your hands. I'm I'm getting into it. I love watching the Masters. The Masters is an incredible event, but I like all golf. So, yes. so for me, it's not. I mean, it's not special. Special. It would be special for me to be there. I don't. I want to go walk that course. It just looks. So you've beautiful. never been to Augusta? No. Yeah, I've never been. Um, I actually looked into it this year, but couldn't swing it. So. Well, feel free to bring but, me. Feel free to bring me as a caddy. But but here's the deal. It's gonna be one of the high, since you like ratings. Oh, it's going to be so it, with Tiger Phil playing. Phil Mickelson won a tournament for the first time in four years and change, and Tiger is playing better than he has in half a decade. Ti- Tiger is actually in the among the favorites to win the tournament, which I, I think is a little bit much. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to hold up for all four rounds. There's so much good competition now, but the fact that he's in it. Puts more eyeballs on this tournament. Yeah, I'm, more I'm than be, in a long time. I'm gonna be very interested to see the ratings. Uh, Tiger equals ratings. People yes. want to see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's clear at this point from the tournaments that he's played in, being involved in Sunday. If if you see him in that red shirt on Sunday, 
look out. You're going to see a huge number of eyeballs on that television. Right. And I don't think there'll ever be anybody. People like you and me and other people are going to be texting each other saying, are you watching what Tiger's doing? And it's going to be all out on social media. Well, you might text me about what Tiger's doing. I'm not one of those people who gets excited about what Tiger's doing. You don't get excited about anything. No, but but I I like a lot of the, no, I like a lot of the younger players. Like I, I think Watching Fowler is is more exciting at this point than it than watching Tiger. Oh, well, I like watching the younger players too. But in terms of the people who are not golf aficionados, right? You're more casual. T- Tiger fan. is an icon. Tiger. Somebody mm-hmm. will tune in to watch Tiger that won't tune in to watch a, a Ricky Fowler or a Bubba Watson. Yeah, and, and for and and they'll not to say that they're any less of a golfer or more of a golfer. It just the name it's of Tiger, right. yeah, he's a yeah. cult of personality at this right. point. Right, and and the same thing to a lesser extent, but Phil, but Phil's, Phil's got a different audience. Phil's now close to the senior tour. <laughs> so, you are you are so, tap dancing around this description no, of who Phil's audience is. No, right no, now. look, f- people love Phil, and then there's there's a small group of people who really don't like him, and I've never really understood it. But but Phil's getting close to that senior spot, so. Most of us, us golfers, if we use the term lo- loosely, Very sit loosely. there and gets excited when s- somebody older wins. And Phil is playing the best golf that he has played in years. So having those two, can you imagine if the final day, it ain't going to happen, but can you imagine the final day, final pairing, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods? That wouldn't help the, for your young golfers. No, but the ratings for, for the oh, final round. insane. Highest, highest ever, I would predict to you. Did you see that the Masters sent around a card to their security guards of um, sayings that they don't want people to have? I heard dilly dilly. Was if you say it. dilly dilly, you're yeah. going to get ejected. <laughs> and by the way, well, well, here, here's, I think the reasoning behind this is that I have a feeling that advertisers are starting to pay people to yell stuff out. There was there was a travel company that did it last year or the year before, but can somebody explain to me why people feel compelled to yell out uh, for the same cheering? reason that people yelled out "Baba Booey" and everything else? But here's I was the, just going to use that one. Here's the funny it's, thing: it's stupid. So Bud Light responded to the ban because yeah. they're masters at marketing at this point, right? So they are sending a thousand T-shirts to the Masters for fans to wear, and I'm going to read you your response. The response: Yeah, hear ye, hear ye. Your king hath received word that the guards of the green jacket plan to escort any patron who dare utter dilly dilly off yon premises. Except for myself, I'm against tyranny in all forms. So I have instructed my royal tailors to make a thousand dilly dilly shirts that shall be delivered in to Georgia in time for the festivities. See if thou cannot say dilly dilly, thou can still wear dilly dilly. <laughs> Yours in friendship and beer. How brilliant is their marketing? They are not a sponsor of the Masters at all. And so they're they not. Just got, so, so who's the beer sponsor? I don't know, but yeah. I don't think it's them. Uh-huh. And they just got all this branding and marketing. Did they say what other words were banned? I haven't seen the list yet. I was yeah. I was actually searching. <laughs> I, 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 I have to tell you, I would probably... Uh, accidentally elbow somebody if they were standing next to me and yelled out something stupid as somebody was hitting like that people want to be part of the event now at golf L- cheering loudly no, people cool. want to be the event 
And that's yeah. just it's it's, it's just the like people idea. who yell it's in the hole and they hit the ball. It's just, the person just... who takes a selfie with the golfer in the background and says, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> you did what? You know, it's the it's the look at me nature of things. You know, you go to a golf tournament to see a professional, not not you be a schmuck and take a picture of yourself yeah. to post online. And and look, I'm the guy that takes a picture of everything and posts it online. So I'm the least to to say it, but I'm not going to a sporting event and making it about me by yelling and, and doing that. That's just yeah, this stupid. Is, this me. is literally an incident where it's not my lawn, but get off the lawn. <laughs> so you're buying into yes. it now. Uh-huh. I'm going to get you a T-shirt instead of Dilly Dilly. It's just going to say get off my lawn. <laughs> dilly Dilly. <laughs> All right. Um, are you out of? So more- how many times did they get us to say it without us without them being oh, a sponsor? We, we should we should contact them and Jason Kelsey for uh, for some free advertising here. Um, all right, let's talk some Sixers. Uh, still winning, still winning. Um, Joel Embiid had surgery. He was pretty funny on Twitter on Saturday yeah, night while Kansas was playing Nova. I guess he was taking some pain medicine and having a good old time out there. He asked out Rihanna again, didn't he? And then he slapped himself down in another tweet. I've never seen somebody retweet themselves to respond. Uh, he's a he's a trip to he, watch. I saw he also t- tweeted a picture of of the Batman villain Two Face. Yes, yes, <laughs> how he feels, and uh, it, it was entertaining. But on the more serious side, he did have eye surgery. Uh, there is talk that he could be back for the first round of the playoffs at some point. He will. Um, I, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll wear a mask, which mm-hmm. I think is going to become its own lore and story. Can By the you... way, my, my favorite my favorite tweet about the, the type of mask he might wear. Lane Johnson offered the dog yep. mask, right? Uh-huh. I mean, this is going to turn into something now right. in the playoffs, that he's wearing a mask and fans are going to be in the crowd wearing masks. It's it's going to become a marketing tool. It is, it is amazing that the Sixers between their brass and their players are marketing geniuses. They are. The, the whole group of them. Look at, I mean, we talked last week about Fultz. Fultz comes back and they turn the skull chant from the Vikings immediately into a Fultz chant. It's been entertaining. Look, the Sixers finished March going 13-3. and three. It's the most wins in March in team history. They led the East with 113.6 points a game led the NBA in rebounding, led the NBA in assists. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better month. At and the then, same and then time... And one last weekend, not only without Embiid, but also without, without Dario. Dario. And who has cellulosis? Cellulitis of cellulitis the elbow. Cellulitis of the elbow. So he had, he had an infection after a cut when he Which dove on the floor. My, my wife is a nurse who just said that's an inflammation. Okay. I'm not sure why they had to use the... So basically, I should host the show with your son and your wife, because they can tell me about baseball and injuries. Sure. Because you you can't describe what's going on. All right, I'm taking vacation. See you later. See you later. Yep. Um, How do you feel after Embiid's eye surgery? Look, the the team's playing at a level. I don't know if you watched Ben Simmons' highlight reel the other night. Uh, It... He is aggressive. You know what I liked about what I liked is seeing there was an article this week about how he's becoming a more vocal leader too, and it's he's starting impressive. to shoot a little bit too. Yes, he's he's starting to. But but he's doing the one thing that he still needs to learn is there's absolutely no reason for him to fall backwards, and that's why his sh- once he figures out he can go straight up, those those shots go in because they're they're all front of the rim misses when he misses and it's all because he's falling back he's being guarded by somebody who's shorter than him almost every time he's he's got incredible jumping ability 
There's no reason for him not to go straight up. Some of the passes that this team makes to each other uh, just have you watching going, wow. Um, you know, skip passes where there's not even a bounce, just a rebound outlet. He made a pass the other day as he threw it like a football. Yeah, to uh, there was no arc on it at all. It, it, it was, was a straight line pass. It was to Robert three quarter, Covington, three quarter court. Uh, that was one of the passes. You just you watch it and you're in awe. And there I'm was pretty a whole, sure the six uh, that that the Eagles can now get rid of Foles and just put Simmons. As there their was backup. a whole sequence there that he was involved in where they mm-hmm. stole the ball and he had a dunk that he had a, a really good pass and. and you know, obviously, you want Embiid on the court, but he takes over the game more. He doesn't defer as much when Embiid isn't in the game at this point. Yeah, but but if we can start to have this argument, which will last for days, who's more important to the team? They both are. They well, don't. They win. both are. But but I don't think if, they win if, without both of them. If, if somebody said you only get one, I don't think they win without both of them. It doesn't matter. But Embiid, you can build more around. Well, but I, he, I don't think we need to so necessarily. Much. I'm saying have if that. I force you to do it, don't. <laughs> I, I just did. I'm glad we have both. It's still though some of the moves that they made, Ilyasova and I, I mean just Marco Bellinelli. Bellinelli, been a great move. they have fit in perfectly. This team's playing at a level, and again, I we we asked it of both Sarah when she was on and Keith when he was on. Is this the the level of talent that they're playing that they're just dominating them, or are they that good? You know, both. we'll we'll see that it's Friday night against the Cavs. They play, um, you know, that'll be probably their their stiffest test that they have recently. But this team's playing at a level that that people couldn't have anticipated, with or without injured players. No, you you would never have predicted they'd be this far over five hundred. By Rashawn Holmes getting a little more court time. Little, not much. Look, uh, breadcrumbs, baby. Yeah, that's, that, that's what he's going to get. Take take what I, I mean, can get. Brett Brown's going to go with the veterans there. Without a doubt. And and, and people, you know. How are you uh, feeling about Brett Brown as a coach right now heading into the playoffs? I think he's done a great job. I, I mean, look, who would have thought he'd be around after all the losses that he had to suffer? But they I still had, have concerns about his end-of-game play design with the, the players that he has sometimes. Sometimes, but not anymore. And I don't, I'm not that much anymore. I, I'm, I'm beginning to buy in. And they stopped with the third quarter, you know, swoon. Well, because which they, is nice. they changed their rotations. Yeah. Like they're, and, and, you know, you're not seeing a lot of the time where both Simmons and Embiid are on the bench. They're being staggered more and they've got other weapons out there. And so, I, and believe it or not, I've already started worrying about next season. Oh God! Why? Be- because aren't you the one that tells me to just stop yes, and enjoy? Yes, sometimes? I am. I am. And but here's my worry: I I don't know what they're waiting for on JJ Redick. Uh, they should have signed him by now to a longer. This deal. is what keeps you up at night. Yeah, because because and Bede has a broken face, you know, I, and you're I, worried I, about I, JJ Redick next season because he'll be fine. <laughs> I heard somebody say, well, you know, Fultz is going to replace him. No. No, J- no, no, no. You no, can't. No. J.J. Redick has a specialty that only a few people in the NBA have that kind of talent. Don't do that to me. So uh, they, they need to sign him. Got a few minutes left. We're going to move on from basketball, and I want to ask you about some new and not new NFL rules real quickly. Oh, God. Like it or don't, 15-yard yeah. penalty for lowering your head to initiate when you make contact with the helmet. Good luck trying to figure that out. Can you I mean, imagine yeah. how many penalties are going to be called for players lowering their head? I get it's about safety. That's mm-hmm. eh, going to be a tough role to officiate. You know what rule 
I don't understand that they don't enforce. No. When the whistle blows, there's supposed to be no more contact. How many times have you seen somebody just lower their head and go into a guy who's on the ground after the whistle blows? And they don't do anything. And it's usually right into the spine. Well, uh, now if just, he uses his print. helmet, it'll be a 15-yard sure. penalty. Uh, I can't change wait of, to see this game. Change of catch rule. Uh-huh. Now a receiver must control the ball, establish himself in bounds, and perform a football move such as a third step or luge to make a legal catch. You, you, mean, lunge. Lunge. you mean lunge. Lunge. Wrong sport. Look, I'm you're doing a, your win- you're, you're still on the Winter Olympics. I'm on Winter Olympics, okay? <laughs> Shove me down an ice hole. Um, your thoughts on the new catch rule. It's gonna create. It's the same. People problem. are still going to complain well, about what the, a catch the is. The fact that they call it a football move. Define what it is. Define. I if think it's they're too afraid to define ground. what it is. Why? Because they know that if they define what it is, their officials will come under that much more scrutiny. No. If 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 you know a catch is two feet touch the ground while you have the ball, enough. It becomes not subjective anymore. Right. That's they, what you I want. think they want the ability to weigh in, which gets to new rule number three. New rule. Permission for command center to object. Command the command center, center can order the ejection doing? of a player. The they can order that a player be ejected from the game, even right. if the referee doesn't. Uh, ref, this is the command center. <laughs> I mean, that's... So, yes, they, they're clearly... The NFL wants to maintain some control over what goes on, even if they aren't directly on the field. Okay. Uh, by the way, like in golf, are we going to be able to call into the command center and say we saw something? Didn't they stop that? You can't call in. Right, but, but now that there's a command center in the NFL, I think that if they want the player, the, the fans to get more involved, you should be able to call in and, and protest. I'll be interested to see how the NFL explains that one a little more. There is now a permanent n- touch. Here's the problem. They're not going to explain not it. going to explain That's part it part of the more, problem. And then we'll all complain about but, it when it happens at a critical point of a game. So there's a, a book and a saying, controversy. Controversy creates cash. There's a reason why they don't mind the controversy, because for all the people are debating it and talking about it, they're watching and calling into shows. So for as much as you and I want clarity and certainty, they want money and talk. And you and I just spent a segment talking about what a catch is. And that conversation wouldn't happen if it's clearly two feet down. I begrudgingly talked about what a catch is. There we go. Permanent touchback at the 25-yard line for kickoffs, no longer experimental. Though they did say that no if, catch, kickers, that if kickers are gonna go the way if of the they dodo. don't make it safer, they're yeah. going to do away with the kickoff. Have they not figured out whether it's safe or not? What's Apparently gonna not. Ha- what's gonna happen this year? They need more studying, Jeff. Oh, okay. We're in our last minute. Subcommittee Teams will time. no longer be required to kick an extra point. Betters everywhere will cry that now you don't have Can to. Can we kick just get rid of the kickers and call it a day? Uh, I don't. Isn't think that what the new league is going to do? I don't know. NFL will continue to ban the use of video by coaches and players during games. I don't get it. They are so high tech about everything, yet they make them look at paper photos on the sideline and at tablets. Wait, so wasn't the tablet video? The tab? No, it lets you see still shots. They Why? can't watch. They believe that seeing video is not fair. It, it gives you, uh, I don't know, I'll find more. 
We got we got 30 seconds. I'm so. stunned. I, I, it makes no sense to me. They sit there and advertise that they have tablets on the sideline, and the tablets, all they do is still photos. Jeff, you've got five seconds to convince me why this is going to be a better week for the NFL sponsored by Polaroid. Tell me, tell me not to worry about Gabe Kapler. Don't Make me feel better. It. Don't worry about the Phillies. I think the Phillies will be fine. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.